Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I think Cup fans are excited about Wilson Contreras. I mean, he's probably having enough trouble just keeping his heart rate down, and then he gets a standing ovation from 40,000 people. That's a, a goosebump kind of moment here before his first ever big league at bat. High and deep to center field, and it is gone! Can you believe it? What a scene and what a moment for Wilson Contreras homering in his first major league at bat. Got a standing ovation before the at bat and a curtain call after. Chris Ranji on hit and run on the score. We're with you until 1135 until Matt Spiegel has Cubs pregame. They will take on the Reds this afternoon. And uh, we want you to listen in. I believe Speegs has the fifth inning of the game as well. So should be a good afternoon in Cincinnati. The Cubs will take on the Reds. Reds as we go to the Alpamonte Nissan guest hotline, Alpamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue. You can also go to APNissan.com. We are joined by Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue, a great baseball Twitter follow. Um, you can follow that at Cespedes Barbecue. Jordan is joining us now on 670 The Score. Hello, Jordan. Good morning, and thanks for being with us. Hello, sir. It's great to be with you. I appreciate the invite, and uh, I got to say, hearing that Wilson Contreras call really fired me up, so very excited to talk about this. It's great because what you're doing, and for people who don't know and haven't been following, we're getting close to the time that we have reached the 20,000th player in major league history and it's it's weird to think of it in terms like that because you don't you just don't really do that i mean you think there probably oh, it's probably been like hundreds of thousands of baseball players in history and there haven't there haven't been that many people in over a century of major league baseball that have played this sport at that level and we are approaching 20,000 and and going through the list just this season uh 19913 andrew vaughn for the white Sox makes his debut uh, 19940 Justin Steele of the Cubs, 19964 Trevor McGill uh, making his debut for the Cubs, and we're up at 19972. Correct, Jordan? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Last night we had a few more, kind of a, a rapid pace. You know, at the beginning of the season, obviously there are guys like Andrew Vaughn making the team out of camp, um, and so when I started this project last season, it, it does require a lot of not just research to prepare for each of these debuts, but kind of being aware who's going to come up, right? Because I'm trying to do this in real time. So it does take a lot of 
kind of finagling, making sure you know who's on the taxi squad, who's on the 40-man, stuff like that. But like you said, I mean, the whole point of this project and the reason why I started it is just because that is truly such a small number. Like, you know, to put it in, in Chicago terms, I don't believe it would even fill the United Center, if, if that's, which sounds crazy because it's, again, all of Major League Baseball back to 1871. But that's, that's insane, right? I mean, it really puts the whole, whole challenge of getting to the Major Leagues in perspective. Yeah, and, and I think the United Center is 22,000. That's the capacity, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. It's, it's at least 21. So, I mean, you're right. You're, you're talking about just a, in comparison to all of the history, like, I mean, just how much we have paid attention to baseball and how much has happened that only, like, you couldn't even fill a baseball stadium. Like, any baseball stadium in the country would almost be at most two-thirds full if you yeah. put all of the players who have ever played the game in that stadium at once, it's just, it's crazy to think of it like that. Yeah. And of course, when you see the number 20,000, it's easy to compare it. And I wrote an article about it for Fox sports sports last week. And, you know, you can compare it to like populations of small cities, but it's also, it's not just, you know, you thinking about it relative to the general population, but it is hundreds of thousands that have gone through pro ball, right? I mean, there's a th- I mean, I know the draft is shorter now, but for a long time, there was over a thousand getting drafted every year, not to mention the hundreds, uh, sometimes over a thousand international signees, right? So it's not just the, let alone all the people playing college baseball and playing independent baseball and all those things. So it really does just signify how crazy it is to get there. However it goes, you know, sometimes you have the storybook beginning, like the Wilson Contreras home run, and they go on to become stars. We had another one of those uh, this year with Akil Badu, who also homered on um, the first pitch of his career with the Tigers. But then you also have some that don't go as well. But to me, I don't really care about how it goes. Like, if you make it, if you get into that major league box score, like, you are amazing, and you deserve to be celebrated. And that's kind of how I've uh, been taking this whole thing. That's another thing that I've always been amazed by, Jordan, is just – like, like we talk sometimes about a professional ball player, like, oh, this guy's a bum. This guy stinks. And relative to other major leaguers, that might be true. But if you, if you see this dude and, you know, there was such a thing as playground baseball, like this guy would smoke you every time, right? Like, I mean, this, oh, yeah. like the worst major league player is better than you at baseball by, by, by miles like he would never be able to be any like I remember I I went to um I used to go to White Sox fantasy camp through when I worked with the team and would go every so often and this dude like showed up and I think he was probably 35 and he was a big guy and he's just crushing baseballs left and right and we're all like who is this guy never made it past a ball you know like he just right it, it it's amazing how good these guys are at the sport, but we don't we don't step back and think about it when they're actually playing the game. If they're not being if they're not successful in the moment, we 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 usually criticize them. Yeah, absolutely, and of course that's our job. I mean, so most of the people in the in the baseball world are focusing on major league baseball, and it's you know it's your job to analyze what's happening at the major league level. But yeah, it, it is always helpful to to zoom back and so much of what what me and Jake you know my my his barbecue partner do is, is explore the, the wide world of baseball, the whole baseball universe from the top to the bottom of every level, every college, every, you know, little league, every, you know, talking internationally, like it, it all, we love all of it. And so the, you know, numbers like this and projects like this appreciate that major league baseball is the top. It is the hardest. It is the best baseball in the world. And so, yeah, like you said, like, yeah, if the guy comes up and throws two innings and has, leaves his career with a 20 ERA, like doesn't look so good on the, on the old baseball reference page, but 
guess what? He made it, and most people don't. So uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of the perspective I'm looking for. Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue joining us on Hit and Run on the Score. And you said that you're you're paying attention. You're you're trying to keep an eye on who might get called up when it might happen. We're 28 away from number 20,000. Is there any way to have a general idea of who you think might actually end up being that 20,000th? Yeah, so this is obviously the question I've been getting the most over the last year or so. I mean, it would be it would be ridiculous to try and peg it right now, even 28 away, which is very close, and we are averaging maybe one a day, maybe a little bit less than that over the last few weeks. Um once we get within 10, I probably will start to try and narrow down, be like, okay, who's on a taxi squad who has not appeared yet, who is very close to appearing, or maybe who's in AAA, right? We have the minor league season starting up uh, this week, finally. So we kind of know who teams deem as at the top level of the minors and close to the major leagues. But <laughs> it, would be, it would be crazy for me to try to guess. I know we all want it to be a super-duper top prospect. Um, I'm trying to think for your sake if there are any Cubs or White Sox near the top. Uh, that could be could be making obviously Vaughn uh, debuted a little bit faster than maybe we anticipated, so he's maybe off that list. But I know people that the, the prospect junkies want to have oh Wander Franco, Jared Kelnick, maybe it'll be Mackenzie Gore, and I guess those are good guesses. I think those guys are going to be in the minors for a little bit more, and I think we're going to get twenty thousand before they come. But I don't know, and, and I can't wait to see if it is a top prospect or if it's someone that does have a really short career and we never hear of them. But uh, that's the fun of this, I guess. Do you have a prize for twenty thousand when he finally does get called up? That's a, that's another good question. You know, <laughs> that's the other problem is who knows because it could you know maybe it's a situation like when Andrew Vaughn debuted right we knew it was happening because he was in the starting lineup and so we had at least six or so hours if not days to know like okay Andrew Vaughn is going to debut on this day at this time and he's going to come to the plate at this time. You know, most of these like last night we had a guy come in in a nine run game in the ninth. We had a guy, two guys come in and blow outs at the end of the game. We had a guy pinch hitting in extra innings for the Brewers. Like, you know, you can't anticipate those things. So sure. You might know when they're on the roster, but it's very hard to guess exactly when they're going to happen. As for the prize, I have thought about this. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it together in time. I do. I did have this image of, you know, handing over, you know, the oversized check like they would um, yes. before, before, after a game. So I think that could be cool. We'll see if we could get that arranged in the next few weeks. Cause it's going to happen this month at some point. Um, but, but yeah, as of now, no concrete plans. Is there a guy who's made his debut that you were most intrigued by? Like, I mean, and it's, it hasn't been long enough to really get a read on, on some of these players, but there has to be somebody that you really want to to see how things play out for them this year. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, some guys that have just kind of been thrust into major league duty, this has been a thing that, that is, was very relevant last year when we had uh, all of the, you know, of the COVID outbreaks last year, you know, when we had the Marlins and Cardinals having to call up like 10 minor leaguers in the span of a week, that really brought in a bunch of names that you, you never even would have considered on the radar. And that's already happened this year too with teams like the Brewers having to call guys up who haven't even played in A-ball or haven't even played above A-ball. Um, so in terms of guys, man, that's, that's a good question. Like, I, I, I always am split between the guys. It's like, okay, when the, when the top prospect comes up, it's like that's what we're all super excited for. And those are the ones that get the most retweets because people know these guys' names. But it's the ones that debut, and I didn't know anything about them, and then I was like, I was all in. Like, Matt Peacock is a great example of a guy who had – he did not have a very good outing last night, but he made his debut uh, for the Diamondbacks in extra innings. This is a guy who basically quit baseball in college – 
because he just had a bunch of arm injuries and was like, all right, like, I don't need to do this anymore. He comes back as like a redshirt 23-year-old senior, starts throwing these awesome sinkers, gets drafted, and is in the big leagues three years later. And he's like, I, this was never the plan. Like, I had no idea I was going to do this. So now whenever Matt Peacock comes in, I'm, I'm, ecstatic. I'm like, oh, my God, here was Matt Peacock, major leaguer. So guys like that, I get way more of a kick out of than the uh, – than the top 100 prospect guys. So those are, that's, that's the real joy of this project is, is learning more. I mean, that's why I love the game is just always learning more and, and trying to, to know more about this, this crazy sport we love. Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue is joining us on the score. There have been a lot of really great storylines so far. And, and, you know, I don't know if this is a great storyline in baseball, but it was interesting to us what, what um, is going on with Amir Garrett and the Cubs and they don't appear to like each other and, um, there was the Miguel Cabrera thing earlier in the week and Nick Madrigal apparently accusing him of sign stealing on the field or whatever. Um, but beyond that, there have been like really, really, truly great storylines throughout the season in, in the very early part. Is is there one that you really like the most of all the things that have been happening in baseball in just one month of the season? Yeah, I mean, it's it's... It's just cliche to say it, but like I am still kind of overwhelmed at how good Padres Dodgers actually was. Yes. And I'm sure that people in Chicago are, are somewhat probably tired of hearing about it because I know that I am not at are, all. I love it. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, but, but I, I guess, you know, because we, you know, the White Sox, of course, had a lot of hype coming into the season. I think justifiably so. And I love watching the Sox and the Cubs have been at the forefront of the NL conversation for so long. But I mean, the, the the amount usually when you when you hype these series up, especially regular season stuff, it's never anywhere close to as good. And and with Padres Dodgers, like I was I was optimistic, but it I mean it was every single game it was it was unbelievable. I mean it's, it's basically the best. I mean I'm pretty young, but it's the best regular season baseball I can remember in a <laughs> in a long time. So that has has, has obviously completely. Uh, uh, surpassed expectations but um beyond that i mean you know I, I, again this is something that, that a lot of people you know my age the watching it's just, i'm just so thankful at how how young the game is honestly like it's having guys like soto and tatis and, and acuna like it, it just it makes you so excited to watch baseball every single night um and obviously the white Sox have a ton of those guys too but it's just it's it's reinvigorating every time um to see what these young guys are doing and i'm glad that that in general the game is is enabling uh people to do it but as you said though baseball players will always be getting angry at each other and that is, that is part <laughs> of part of the game too and some of that's fun some of that is is kind of exhausting uh, I kind of see it both ways, but I, I can understand where people kind of land on, on those things. But, you know, I love Amir. I love Javi. Like, for me, like, I want guys to play with passion, and sometimes that spills over into stupid aggression that is unnecessary. And I just kind of take that for what it is, and hopefully it, it, it stays at that and doesn't elevate to anything more than that. Yeah, and, and you don't want anybody to get hurt, obviously. I mean, that's the worst right. possible outcome is that a fight happens, dude breaks his hand, somebody gets a face broken because of a fastball to the head or whatever. Like those are those are the worst outcomes, but the fire, you know, the tension, like that stuff is is interesting. And when you're talking about players showing emotion, this is the first time the last few years anyway. It's the first time ever in my lifetime that baseball, like the entity of baseball like actively promotes that. Like they are encouraging players to be like what Tatis is or what Acuna is, or, you know, Javi, or Amir Garrett, like any of these guys who are willing, you know, Bryce Harper even is is like that. Like just, it, it's the first time they've embraced it, and 
I like it, and I hope that we are we are totally getting away from the put your head down and run to first thing. Like, do you think that we are 100%. we are fully past that? Uh, but for the most part, yeah. I mean, I totally agree with you. It has been kind of shocking to watch this this shift, uh, honestly. But it is very refreshing, obviously, and and for us as people who have you know re- like you know supported the game and promoted this game in this sense since we started doing it however many years ago, like. Like it's it's a no brainer. Like it's it's not even complicated, right? Like, well, yeah, duh. Obviously, people prefer when guys show emotion and like, where's the where's the fun in, in putting your head down and whatnot? But yeah, I mean, the the bar has has shifted so far in one direction. Like, I think about last night, Jerickson Profar hit a home run against the Giants and did like what you know six or seven years ago would be a backflip that would be everywhere. It would be like everyone would be losing their mind. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even, no one was even posting the clip. It was like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, that's just what baseball is. And that's great. That's great. I'm glad we've moved the needle in that direction. And it's more normalized. And generally, pitchers are less sensitive. But at the same time, hitters are less sensitive because pitchers are showing emotion, too. And that's, that's how it should all even out, right? If it's about celebrating, it's about celebrating your own success. There should never be a problem with that. And, and yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's like, yeah, duh, why didn't we do this a long time ago? But I am glad that the league is generally embracing it, although, of course, we have had some, some inconsistencies with stuff like the Castellano suspension and whatnot. But, um, but in general, I'm totally with you, and it's very good to see. Do you think Jose Bautista was the flashpoint? Was that it? Like, when, when that happened in the playoffs for Toronto, and he bat-flipped, and it was awesome, I feel like that might have been, like, the breaking point where we were leading up to it and starting to kind of be okay with it, and then that happened, and there was this massive debate about it. And most people came out on the side of that was great and I want more of it. Do you think that was like the turning point? I think so. I think a lot of people identify that point as the turning point. And, and, and that, that's one too, where <laughs> I think it was, that was one where we were all so, so excited about it. And it was such an iconic moment for so many reasons. And then there was this, this kind of in between period where everyone was like, well, that was the playoffs, So of course he can do that. It's a big moment. So then when people were doing it in the regular season, everyone was like, whoa, 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 it's not a big deal. But as you've mentioned, slowly but surely, as the best players and the young players are, are the ones that are doing it, it just becomes more normalized, right? And so if Tatis, Tatis can do it because he's one of the best players in the world, you have to, they have to have the best players doing it. And that's what I think the real shift has been. And I'm glad you mentioned Bryce Harper because I think he's a big part of that too. I love Bryce Harper. I've been following him since he was on Sports Illustrated when he was you know, in high school. And like, he was doing that and showed that you can both you know, bust your ass and play harder than everyone else and also be like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm going to celebrate. Like he, he towed that line really well. And I think he deserves more credit for that too. Um, and I, and I know now he's just kind of a, kind of a strange figure in the baseball universe, but I think Bryce Harper is awesome. And I think he's a big part of that as well. He's extremely divisive. And I, I feel like people have, it's either love or hate. You, you either think the guy's great or you just despise who he is. And you know what? That's perfect. That's exactly yeah. what you want. Yep. You want a player to elicit that kind of emotion. And, mm-hmm. uh, before we let you go, there's another guy. And, you know, you've been laying out all of these players, the, the young players that are coming up, and we're getting close to number 20,000 as we started this interview talking about. But there's a guy who's getting toward the end, and it's making me very sad. And he's got three years left on a contract. So beyond this season, the end of the contract is 2024 for Joey Votto. And he's one of baseball's I mean if you pay attention to the sport you know who he is but he doesn't have that like you know uh casual fan uh, national presence like people everywhere don't know him 
But that's a guy that I think needs to be appreciated a whole lot more than he actually is. And he is an oddball, and I love that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Votto is, for anyone that has paid right, like close attention, I know, right? He's been Cincinnati his whole career, and he's never been in any World Series. And he's never, I mean, the Reds were good in the beginning of his career when he was really peaking, but uh, obviously has not, they have not been as relevant recently. But you're totally right. I think he kind of gets caught in that, that generation of first basemen, you know, right after Pools, because Pools and Cabrera are just in this, like, God-tier Hall of Fame that we're already watching their kind of decline and thinking about them and whatnot. But you're totally right. Like, Votto is, is also – I know this sounds crazy to some people. He's one of the best hitters of all time. Like he yep. really is. Like, and and I know he's been declining recently. But you compare his his OPS plus his OPS his gen, you know his park adjusted error adjusted stats. They are absolutely up there with everyone. And and I hope he's not as as in as much of a decline. I mean his stats have been really weird the last couple of years. He's still hitting the ball hard. The way he talks about hitting, you kind of always want to believe, oh, but Joey's going to figure it out. Like, he's going to find a way. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. To continue to produce, and he has in some sense, and I know Cubs fans don't want to hear this, but I do want the Reds to at least be relevant enough so that the end of Joey Votto's career 
is not just on a last place team. Like I, he, I would like to see him because he went through whatever, however many six or seven losing seasons before last year. It would be nice to see him still kind of at the center of a team that is still relevant uh, as he kind of goes to the end. And then, and yeah, and, and if he is a, a red for life, you know, that's also something that, that Pujols and, and Miggy can't say. And a couple of the other guys that have been around for a long time, like, one team for a whole career is, is a really, really, really special feat, and I think he really might just pull it off, or you know he'll finish his career in Toronto. That would also be really cool. <laughs> when when a uh, the, one of the most remarkable things about him was the piece that was written, and I, I forgot who who pointed it out for the first time, and it was several years ago, maybe three or four years, that the dude had never hit a pop up to first base, and it was like the biggest deal because he just he just didn't pop up. You know, he's got such amazing bat control, and he was such a good hitter. And you think about how often really good hitters pop up on the infield, and this dude never did it. That's how good he was, and you don't think about stuff like that. But um, I, I wish he got more attention than he had. And it's I think you're right. It's probably by virtue of the Reds not being all that good in the last few years. I'm really glad you mentioned the, the pop-up thing because – I, I also remember when that was a big deal. And, and then, like, in the last couple of years, maybe it was 19 or, or, or early last season, he did it, like, three times in, right. in a week. It and was a big deal. And people were like, oh, no. And, <laughs> but to your point, if you started this, this conversation, it's like, it's sad. It's like, well, one, it's like, duh. Like, he, he's not going to do this forever. But it does give you this thing that, that you know, watching your, your, your heroes, the guys who you know is the best players in baseball, slowly decline. It's, it's, I mean, obviously, we've been watching with Pujols now for like half a decade. But it really is. That is, that is one of the, the hardest things to watch in baseball. But at the same time, like you said, we should still appreciate it because Votto is by no means done. Like, he is still able to contribute. Um, and it's just, you know, we might not remember just how good he really was back when he was an MVP. Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue with us on Hit and Run on the Score. Jordan, I, I love the conversation. Let's do this again sometime, and uh, maybe after we get past 20,000, let's, uh, let's talk again. My pleasure. Uh, if, you know, something super crazy happens, if Jake Berger is number 20,000, oh. which would really be insane, I would be thrilled to join you. But no, no matter what, uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on, man. This was great. You got it. That was that would be perfect if, if a burger gets in. Uh, thank you, Jordan. That That is uh, Jordan Schusterman of Cespedes Family Barbecue. You can follow that account at Cespedes Barbecue. Um, he and his partner, Jake, They uh, the, you can catch him on MLB on Fox. You can catch them on The Ringer. They've got good podcasts. So a lot of great baseball content, and I think that account is really good. And so, again, if you're just joining us, what they are doing is they are counting down to, or counting up, I guess, to Major League Baseball player number 20,000 in the history of the game. And we are currently sitting at 19,972. So we are 28 players away from player number 20,000 making his debut. Only 20,000 people ever, ever have played Major League Baseball in over a century. It's just... It's really mind-boggling when you put it into terms like that. Cubs and the Reds will finish up their series this afternoon. We've got the broadcast starting at 11.35, so a little over an hour away from now. Matt Spiegel will have the pregame show, and uh, we'll see what happens after the fun yesterday uh, between the Cubs and Amir Garrett. Also, the White Sox this afternoon 
they will finish up their series as well. And uh, the White Sox taking on the Cleveland Indians, uh, Giolito facing Plezak. So that is a really good pitching matchup for today, even though Plezak really hasn't been, he hasn't been great this year. He's got an ERA close to six. Uh, Giolito does too, but that's after one outing. He's he's had one real bad outing this year, but otherwise has pitched really well. I'd like to see uh, what this start for him looks like today. Uh, how about this? We haven't talked to you all day yet. 312-644-6767 is the phone number to call us or to text. It's brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. We would love to talk with you about the Cubs or the White Sox. And lots of fun stuff has been happening this past week. And how do you feel about the spot the two teams are in right now. Neither team is in first place, but it sure seems like the White Sox arrow is definitely pointing up. The Cubs are still in this, well, they're in last place in the division right now. They are five games back of the Milwaukee Brewers who lead the division. Um, Are they really a last place team? I mean, they are right now, but is that where they're going to be by the end of the year? 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. I'm Chris Ranji in for Speaks on Hit and Run on the Score. The Score is Chicago sports. Chicago sports is the score. Thanks for keeping us the number one and most listened to sports station in Chicago. Listen on your radio, laptop, mobile device through the Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Or tell your smart speaker to play 670 The Score. We're live and we're local. 670 The Score. An Odyssey station. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago Sports Station. Jimenez in a 3-for-21 slide. The pitch, and he sends a fly ball to center, not deep. Fighting that wind, and now going to a slide to make the catch. Luis Robert, who ended up in shallow center. Well, this is the kind of day that anybody at the ballpark here in Chicago that is wearing a toupee or a wig may find that that hairpiece ends up in Des Moines, Iowa at the end of the game. (laughs) Tom Hamilton, WTAM, uh, the Cleveland broadcast. He's been an announcer for... Jeez, forever. He's a legend in Cleveland. I love Tom Hamilton. I was hoping to get a chance to uh, to talk to him today. Weren't able to make it happen, but Tom is one of my favorite. He is okay. So outside of announcers that that I've you know grown up listening to or have been listening to over the last few years, you know, locally, he is one of my favorite national broadcasters. And if you have the MLB app, you know, if, you, if you've if you got, um, you know, the, the package where you can listen to games from different announcers around the country, uh, check out Tom Hamilton for a little bit. He's, I just love him. And, and here in Cleveland, Chicago, the people, uh, people love him in Cleveland. I had a friend, like, I guess I still have uh, her as a friend, um, from Cleveland, and when I was working with the White Sox, she was at a game, and she was with other Cleveland people. They went to a, a Sox-Indians game several years ago. And uh, she's like, hey, is it possible for me to meet Tom Hamilton? 
And so I was working on the broadcast level, and I said, yeah, I'll bring you guys up. And they were just, I, I mean, like, geeking out over Tom. They love him. And and Tom is great. He's he's legitimately one of the great baseball broadcasters in in the country. So if you ever get a chance to listen to him, and it was very windy yesterday. I just, I didn't know that's where he was going with it. Did you ever hear when he was on Inside the Clubhouse with Spiegel and Bruce? No. Tom Why, Hamilton, thanks so much for the time on a Saturday morning. How's your offseason going so far? Going great, Max. Thanks for having me. Well, I, I think first off, Max, he's the face of the franchise. That's it. And, and Max, I think um, that, that one surprised me, Max. Well, one thing, they, they have proven, Max. You know, I, I didn't know who might interview him, Max, but I sure thought somebody would. I'm not. So this goes on for 50 seconds. You know what (laughs) I did? I, when I, when I filled in for Parkins, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, um, they did play that for me. That's awesome. I forgot about that. (laughs) Going great, Max. Thanks for having me. (laughs) And, and, and here's what's going on there. I mean, obviously Tom and, and Matt have probably, or Max, whatever have probably never met in person and maybe that's the first time they ever interacted and you thought you heard Matt's name correctly and you didn't and you're just trying to be friendly when when you talk to somebody in a regular conversation and you use their name to them it is um it's endearing you know it's just a it's it's a nice thing to do so Tom is trying to be nice and he's trying to say Matt's name when he addresses him, except he's got the name wrong. He called him Max. That's awesome. I, I had forgotten about that. <laughs> but Tom is great. He's seriously really good. So maybe if you do have the the uh, the package where you can listen to other ball games, maybe spend some time today if you're a White Sox fan listening to Tom Hamilton on WTAM in Cleveland. He's very good. He's 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 one of the best. Uh, local broadcasters in the country. I, I love him. I think he's great. 312-644-6767 is the phone number to call us. Um, you can text us however you want to get to us. Uh, that That's how you do it. As we talk about this team, these teams here in town, and uh, I, I mentioned the White Sox will finish up their series against uh, Cleveland today. And it'll be Giolito versus Plezak for the Cubs. Trevor Williams is going to pitch today in Cincinnati against uh, Tyler Molly. So that's your pitching matchup for the afternoon. Uh, Matt Spiegel has the pregame show starting at 11:35. One of the biggest storylines in this Chicago baseball season so far, and there have been quite a few of them. A good, young, exciting White Sox team with some exciting players, some um, dynamic players. That's been a major storyline, even before the season started. Uh, so was the addition of Tony LaRussa as the manager. And you know, anybody who's been following, um, or if you know who I am at all, maybe you're just now listening to the score and you're like, who's this scumbag talking to me? Uh, I'm Chris Ranji. Hello. And I had been doing baseball stuff on the station for a long time, and then I was gone for a while, and now I'm kind of back a little bit. Um, I don't really, and anybody who's listened to me has, has probably been infuriated by my 
opinion that managers are overrated when it comes to wins and losses that I believe we probably put way too much on managers when it comes to whether or not a team loses a game or wins a ball game late. That there are so many different other things that happen through the course of the game that the players have complete control over. And when a game is lost late, usually it's late that we do this, we tend to put it on the manager. We tend to put it on one decision. Why did you bring that reliever in? Why did you use this pinch hitter and not that guy? Usually that's it. That's the reason they lost. It isn't because the team goes one for 20 with runners in scoring position in the seven innings leading up to that big decision. You know, we don't talk about that. We don't, we don't talk about the fact that um, there were multiple opportunities to put runs on the board and the players failed. But we will focus on decisions that happen late by a manager. And usually it's one decision that we say was the reason a team lost and nothing else. And I think that we overvalue that way too much. I think we talk way too much about this stupid manager and this stupid thing that he did. And if they if he hadn't have done that, they would have won this game. And that's the reason they lost. I think we do that way too much, but it's been going on in since the beginning of the sport. We, we have we have criticized managers, I think, way too much. Sometimes, though, an event will happen and it will make me rethink all of that. And it kind of happened this past week with the White Sox. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. I'm Chris Ranji. You're listening to Hit and Run on The Score. The Bears trade up to get quarterback Justin Fields. It's the arm talent. It's the accuracy. It's the athleticism. We're going to do whatever to win. So um, that's, of course, my number one job. Keep it here as we continue to cover this huge move by Ryan Pace and the Bears. On Sports Radio 670, The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. And Odyssey Station. This is Sports Radio 670, The Score. And 670thescore.com. Chicago's Sports Station. In the air to right field. Eaton's back. Eaton's at the wall. Eaton falls, and this is gone. Two-run home run, Nico Goodrum. Oh, man. Oh, man is right. The call on NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, that was not good. That was on Tuesday night. That was the last time Lucas Giolito, who's going to be pitching for the White Sox this afternoon, um, that was the last time he started. And it did not go well in the moment. Um, I have been telling you for years, if you've ever listened to me, uh, to stop worrying about the freaking manager. That we that were overrating the reach and the impact they have on game-to-game basis. I don't know if that's the right word, but whatever. I think we overrate it. I think players have 98% of the control over what happens in a given game. And some of the evidence is a manager can make what on paper looks to be a terrible decision, and it works out perfectly. 
That happens in baseball. And sometimes they make a good decision that works out terribly. Um, which kind of always leads me to the idea that we put too much on what a manager does or does not do in a given game. And maybe part of it is because we can direct our anger at one person if things don't go well. And then we can say, uh, if, if you would fix that problem, that guy is our problem. And if you change it, everything would be way better. I think it's just easier to accept the fact that you lost because of the actions or inaction of one individual and not because it's a team-wide thing and everybody owns a loss or owns losing. It's just easier to have one focal point, right? Sometimes, though, <laughs> I'm totally wrong. doesn't happen much. But sometimes I am 100% wrong. And one of those times happened to be on Tuesday. And if you remember the game between the White Sox and the Tigers at Guaranteed Rate Field, the Sox, and it was one of those, uh, it turned up to be a, a pitcher's duel. But really, it might have had a lot more to do with the White Sox offensive, um, uh, what would you call it, uh, lack of production. It was a 2-1 ball game going into the top of the seventh inning. To this point, Lucas Giolito had given up just one run. And, of course, any manager would love to get as many innings as possible out of the starter before you go to the bullpen for a couple of different reasons. Um, and, and sometimes it's situational. Sometimes it's you would prefer to stay away from the bullpen because a lot of guys have worked too much and you just, you just don't want to go to them. You want to give them another day of rest if you can afford to do it that way. But also, um, usually your starters are better. And um, also, you would, would like to, and I think generally speaking, put as little wear and tear on your bullpen as you can early in the season so that they are still fresh when you get to the late part of September and then hopefully into the postseason. So ideally speaking, you just you want to stick with your starter as long as you possibly can. That's what happened on Tuesday night. Kind of. That's what happened on Tuesday night. So if you go back through the, the fifth inning, let's start in the fifth inning. And to this point, and even through the fifth and even through the sixth inning, Giolito had not given up any runs. However, if you look deeper into what was going on during the course of the game, at around about the fifth inning, that's when you started to see the Tigers start to make more solid contact against Giolito. They were hitting the ball harder. And for those of you that don't follow along with stat cast numbers and exit velocity and are still slow to, um, you know, to adopt it into your baseball consumption, Anything over 95 miles an hour off the bat is considered hard hit. When you get over 100, that's really hard hit. You know, you get close to 110, that means you're smoking a baseball. Starting in the fifth inning, though, Giolito had given up quite a few hard hits. They all resulted in outs. But, but here's what he did in the fifth. He had given up uh, one that was 108, almost 109 miles an hour off the bat, one that was 107, Another that ended up being a fielder's choice that was 105. Okay, so those are three pretty hard-hit balls in one inning. All of them resulted in ground outs. But what was starting to happen is he's giving up more solid contact. Then we get to the sixth inning, and the same trend is happening. 
a ground out of 98 miles an hour, a single of almost 105, another single of almost 104, a double play ball that was 96, almost 97 miles an hour off the bat. So again, we're looking at this trend. Guys are starting to hit the ball pretty hard off Lucas Giolito, which can mean one of two things. It can mean they have picked up on him, but usually if they've picked up on him, um, they're getting base hits and not hard ground ball outs. Or he's getting tired, and he's not commanding, or the velocity isn't quite there. So one of two things is probably happening in that moment. He gets through the sixth inning uh, with those exit velocities that I just mentioned. So maybe Lucas Giolito at this point is getting tired. Should he come out of the game? Uh, Yeah, probably. Is that what happened? No, it is not what happened. He was allowed to stay into the game when it was over. The home run that you heard at the very beginning, the Nico Goodrum home run, his third of the season, by the way, was the result of that inning after leaving in Giolito a little bit too long. Now, here is what he gave up in the seventh in terms of exit velocity. 109 miles an hour, 105, and that was the home run, and then almost 102. So you're starting to see, like, I mean, obviously, you started to see it a couple of innings prior. It manifested big time in that seventh inning. The White Sox go on to lose that ball game. And people lost their minds over the inaction of Tony La Russa. And it wasn't helped by what happened after the game when both Giolito and La Russa were asked about it. Being in better rhythm, what did you feel like went wrong for you in, in the seventh inning? I didn't have much left in the tank. Bruce? He just answered it, so thank you. Okay. James? Uh, I mean, saying that you didn't have much left in the tank, did you feel like you could have gotten out of that inning, or that, uh, it, how did you feel about kind of being out there and, and trying to get through that? If it's my job to go out there and get outs, I got to get them. I, you know, it's on me. I got to make better pitches. Um, you know, first two guys, uh, the seventh, I threw a lot of pitches to them. I don't remember walk, fly out maybe. Um, but, you know, I mean, the seventh was my inning. I have to get the job done. I didn't, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. Ruth Levine. Well, this is uh, the worst part of my job is when I have to ask um, a manager about something that doesn't work out. But uh, can you talk about once uh, the game was tied, what you were thinking with Lucas at that point? Sure, sure. I was confident he'd get the third out. I was confident he'd get the third out when Ramos came to bat. And after that, you know, I was confident he'd get the last out and the score would be two to two. You know, it was his inning uh, and uh, didn't turn out. I'm still confident. James? Yeah, Lucas uh, just said he, he felt like he was didn't have much left in the tank that inning. Um, were there any indicators of, of that from, from your view or anything you were trying to uh, you were noticing in him uh, as that inning went on? Um, is that what he said? Yeah, he said, uh, I didn't have much left in the tank. I asked him about the seventh. Yeah. And, that's, uh, and that's my fault for not recognizing because I looked at it, you know, he got walked the leadoff guy, which was, like, wasn't good, and he gets two outs. Uh, at that point, like I said, I was confident he'd get the third out. Ah, that's not great. It, it's... Uh... 
yeah, that isn't great. Couple of different reasons. One, he number one, I would say he he was not aware that his pitcher was getting tired. And usually you don't hear pitchers say like I was out of gas. <laughs> you know, they'll 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 kind of cover for the decision and Giolito did not. So my guess is he was probably not very happy he was still in that game in that moment. And also um uh Tony happened to be wrong on the amount of outs. There, there, there were there was only one out when that home run happened. So he still had to get another out, and then another pitcher came in and got the third out of the inning. Never mind the fact uh, the White Sox went 0 for 13 with runners in scoring position and stranded nine. <laughs> but that decision uh, right there ended up being pretty, pretty bad. So you know what? I take it all back. Managers do matter. And I'm very wrong. I'm Chris Ranji. This is Hit and Run on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.